as Morticia Adams after death. And this podcast <laughs> won't run a week. Your bi-weekly musical theater podcast where we talk about musicals. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thought of it on the fly. On the fly. Do you remember when you said, um, do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember when you I can't wait to be as old as Elaine Stritch? And I said, dead. And you went, well. <laughs> yep. And that should have been my first clue that I needed therapy. That should have been it. But it wasn't. It made me laugh. It made me laugh really hard. It was one of my favorite things I think you've ever said. Me too. In my whole life. In all the years I've known me. It's like, oh. That, my life. Oh, oh, my gosh. Well, welcome, everyone. We're, we're back for another Yeehawn episode, and boy, oh boy, this one's great. We're going to be talking about the Great American Trailer Park Musical. What, what? What, a.k.a. Written from our own hometown. I was about to say, a.k.a. a musical about my cousins. We <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. We love it. No, but in all seriousness, I do actually really love this show. Yeah, um, it's really short. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's like a a quick like ninety minute no intermission style show. It's great. So, um, some trivia before we get into it. The book was by Betsy Kelso. Music and lyrics by David Niels. It premiered at. Mm-hmm. Wait, I have a question. Yes, this is by the people who did Bat Boy, right? I don't think so. What? No, but I Bat- would have. Bat Boy isn't Bat Boy by um Lawrence O'Keefe. Yeah, it is. It sounds like Bat Boy to me. It does. It's this show and Bat Boy live in similar worlds to me. Yep. Yeah. No, it's yep. um. So I, wait, wait, like like a like like a Marvel universe, like they like they're happening in the same universe, or no, okay, <laughs> no, I mean maybe, but no, I'm I mean more along the lines of like theaters that are going to choose to do Bat Boy will also choose to do this show. Ah, yes. Yeah. Like, I also think, I completely agree with you on that. I also think that this score sounds so much like that. Maybe it's like that time. It feels like we're in a, um, a little bit of a time capsule musical-wise. And, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I love this era of musical theater, though. I it's do. like, I think it's what we were kind of raised on, too. Yeah. I just love it so much. Yeah. It's... Quirky and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... And that's one of the things about the show is it was written in like 2004 and it has not been updated since. So there are a lot of jokes that <laughs> have not aged the way that they want them to. Could do with some updates, yeah. but it, it does kind of feel like a time capsule for that like time period, which is super fun. Um, yeah. It premiered at the very first New York Musical Theater Festival in 2004 with what and this is this really blew my mind nathan lane <laughs> close as our um, phase role 
very close, with Jen Colella as Orfe's role. Oh, cute. Yeah. What? I mean, yeah. I kind of like, I definitely think that she lives in this musical. So yeah. that makes sense to me. I agree. But I you know just, she um you know she's done stand-up comedy. It's on her resume. It's under special skills. I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I like I have a book uh that James Clary wrote that has like how to write a resume in like section and it has her resume in it and headshot as like one of the examples and it says stand-up comedian on the bottom and I was like, hmm. Interesting. You Big reason that. why I tried stand up. Yeah. Anyway, tangent. I'm anyway. scared someone's gonna ask me to do stand up <laughs> if I have it on my resume. So I'm like, Girl. I'll just keep it off. <laughs> save it. Save it. Um, oh, hold back. Save it. Save it. Um, it premiered off Broadway on September 27th, 2005, and it closed December 4th, 2005. So it ran 121 performances. I, uh, longest longest show that we've covered <laughs> <laughs> yes we didn't cover cats at all <laughs> or phantom <laughs> or any other production we've covered yeah or any other Let's show be. at all yeah, yeah so you know it had like a cute little run um the musical <laughs> it had a cute it run. had a musical run yes <laughs> <laughs> you got more serious about that than i thought you were going to yes yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the musical is billed as a new show about agoraphobia, adultery, 80s nostalgia, spray cheese, roadkill, hysterical pregnancy, a broken electric chair, kleptomania, strippers, flan, and disco. There's a lot coming happening. to your community theater in February. Yeah, there's a lot happening. Um, also, for anyone who's interested, there is a slime tutorial of the closing night performance, which is super. Super, super fun. Um, I watched it yesterday. And, like, after the performance is done, you get to see the bows and the curtain call. You get to watch them do the Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS thing. And they are just, like, off. Yeah, well, they're, like, literally, because it's they've done, the show's done, they're literally auctioning off, like, like costume pieces. Like, one, act, one actress. Nose rings out of their nose. Like, like I mean, their own... Like spit. One actress literally takes the shirt off of her back and her little like bra padding that she had like to make her boobs look bigger sells them. It's great. It's I'm so very fun. into that. And we also just for listeners of this podcast who know that Andy Carl is our number one guy or oh, face. No. Oh, um, no. One of the women is like, "Oh yeah, my husband has seen the show sixteen times," and Orfe goes, "My husband has seen it four. So he only came to see it four times. Also, he was busy. Doing what? I don't know. Doing what? Doing what? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably boxing or... I didn't, I didn't know that man's name until Ely Blonde, so I'm just saying. <gasps> Me, too. Me too. Wait, did you see that video I sent you of him as Emmett in Legally Blonde? No. He Where? When? Uh, I think I sent it to you on Instagram. He was the understudy for Emmett and Callahan in Legally Blonde. And Callahan. And Callahan. He's more of a Warren. He's a Warren, in my opinion. I agree. Not either of those. But it's also weird. Um, Hold on. on I need to find this. Yeah. Not to go off on a tangent, but it's also weird to me just that he, the the track for the understudy for that is like Emmett and Callahan. Why wouldn't it be like Emmett and Warner? You know? Or Warner and Callahan. You didn't send... 
Where did I? You send didn't it? send it to me on Instagram. Was it on TikTok? Maybe. TikTok. Not into it. <laughs> it's very strange to me because I would never cast him as Emmett, but you know, good for him. I also um, can't wait. I just, I just am over here waiting to play or. Uh, wait Orfe. a minute. <laughs> waiting to play. I'm waiting to play Orfe. I do that a lot, actually. I don't think of that role as Paulette because Jennifer Coolidge's Paulette and Orfe's Paulette are so different. So like it's different. not the same character, which mm. is an which is okay. But yeah. I think of musical version as. Orfe. Like, it's just, it's not Paulette, it's Orfe that all the time. Yeah. And I, I bet you anything, I'm going to go into an audition one day and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing um, Ireland by Orfe from Legally Blonde. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Legally Blonde. Anyway. Orfe. Yeah. Um, I will, so the off-Broadway production didn't have like, I would say a star cast, but it does have a couple people that we it would does have. A, it does have a, it does but it, I, I mean, think it has a star-studded cast. It's got it's not so, at the time. Yeah, the three people that I think that we would recognize are obviously Orfe. This is also peak Orfe. This is Orfe doing what she does best, and it's great. Leslie Kritzer plays Pickles, which I was like, oh, this show. I was like, I I get you now. Now I understand. Yeah. And then um, Shuler Hensley plays Norbert, which is super fun. You would know him. Who is Schuler Hensley? Because I saw that name and I was like, why do I know that name? You would know him because he plays the monster in Young Frankenstein. Yes. The, the musical. Yes. That is the movie. 100%. 100% what I know him from. It's, yes. it's him. His name crossed my, my, um, <laughs> Your iPod touch. my Spotify when I, my iPod touch as it scrolls. <laughs> my iPod Nano is what I had. Um, but when I'm listening to Putting on the Ritz. It's so good. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, also, though, Lin- Linda Hart. Where do I know her from? Because I couldn't. I was like, I kind of know that name, but I don't know where I know her. Um, so that's exactly what I did too. And so I was like, I have to look this up because it's bothering me. I also, recognize her voice. She's the original Velma Von Tussel in Hairspray. Oh yeah! Oh my there god! We go. How times have changed. Change. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 That that all makes sense. Also. We need to do a hairspray episode because the amount of people that got their like Broadway debuts in hairspray and, yeah. and are now like giant stars is insane. Yeah, absolutely. The one of these days. One someday. I also we'll love hairspray. hairspray. I do too. Such a special day. One day. Andy Carl. That's... It all wraps in. <laughs> all it's all Andy Carl. It's Andy Carl's world. We're just living in it. Um, um. <laughs> I have to say. Wait, I have to say this really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Kat texted me like last week and was like, if we do merch, we have to put Andy Carl's face on it. <laughs> and I wanted to throw my phone across the room, but I'm also like, when we do merch, we are putting Andy Carl's face on it. Yeah. I don't care if his face is copyrighted. It's not, it's happening. We're doing it. He is our mascot. Like, and I really think it started from a place of, like, kind of joking. But I will say that in doing this podcast, I have grown a real appreciation for the man, the myth, (laughs) the legend, Andy Carl. Well, what's so funny is I came into this podcast thinking that it was obviously going to be Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick as our our uh, mascots. Um, But now it's just become Andy Carl because... I want him to, I want him to get a Tony. His career Tony is going to come. Look, He's going to be 75 
playing, I don't know, Rocky. the butler in Drowsy Chaperone. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. And, it, and it'll be a career, Tony. Yes, it yes. won't be for that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, yes. We, got, we love to give Tonys for doing spit takes on stage. You know what? Yes, we do. We do. All right. I love that show so much. Me too. Let's get into this show, though. So, there is a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, we haven't even started talking about the <laughs> There is a lot that happens in this show. It is chock full of delicious goodies. In present day North Florida, we're in a town called Stark. So we're in the town of Stark, Florida, and we're at a trailer park called Armadillo Acres. Very small. It's trailer park, you know. And we meet Betty, Lynn, and Pickles. And they immediately break the fourth wall. They talk directly to the audience and they introduce themselves. You know, Betty is the leasing manager of the trailer park. Lynn is short. Her name is short for linoleum because her mother gave birth to her on the kitchen floor. And her (laughs) husband is on death row. So she's, because they live in a poor area, the electricity at the prison isn't great. And it doesn't work if people have their lights turned on. So she spends a lot of her time making sure everyone's lights are turned on. So her husband doesn't get electrocuted. And then we meet Pickles, um, who is a 17-year-old girl who is suffering from hysterical pregnancy. So she feels pregnant, Same. but she's not. <laughs> she feels pregnant and she's not, and it's very funny. Now that those three are our narrators, they tell us the whole story. They're honestly, I think, the stars of this show, even though the story's not about mm-hmm. them. They introduce us now to Jeannie who is an agoraphobic woman, and she can't step outside of her trailer. And Norbert, her toll collector husband, and we, we get, like, okay, like, she hasn't stepped out of her trailer in 20 years. He's really frustrated. He wants to do something special for their 20th anniversary. And he, something classy, like the ice capades. He's got tickets to the ice capades. The epitome of class. She she can't she can't come out. And then we get to meet um, our our new person to the trailer park, Pippi, who is an exotic dancer on the run from an abusive ex boyfriend. So after that, that's like just the first song. After that, I know <laughs> we get to um, kind of understand where Jeannie's coming from. So we see Jeannie and Norbert's like full love story. They met in high school. They had a shotgun wedding because he got her pregnant, but they love each other. And then one day she was getting a really bad perm and it distracted her for a long period of time. And their son got kidnapped, which is what triggered Jeannie's agoraphobia. (laughs) (laughs) It's, so sad but it's also like she was getting a perm (laughs) i know i know and like in the show the way that they play they they treat this kidnapping like so lightly and they're like they're like oh like yeah but like her son got kidnapped whatever that perm though terrible like if you're gonna get a perm go to a professional and it's very funny we love we love um we love so now we're we're jumping back into like current day 2004 
And oh, what a time. What a time. Um, Norbert is upset and he's tired of his wife's condition. So he heads out to go get a beer and he ends up going to the Litter Box Show Palace, which is the local strip club. The girls, the, our narrators, are now dressed up as men and they and Norbert play the men watching Pippi do her dance. She's an exotic oh. dancer. She strips. She sings a great song called The Box Stops Here. It's very, very fun. You know, it's. She basically sings about, like, how she ended up here, but it's a stripper song, and it's great. The night ends, um, Norbert gets stuck there because all of his friends, the girls, in men's clothing, leave him, and he becomes friends with Pippi, who, uh, just like she, is tired of collecting dollar bill after dollar bill. He and his toll booth, her and her thong. That's what this is, <laughs> which I just think is, you know, what a beautiful way to start. Her and him and his toll booth, her and thong. What if it was the opposite? Her and her toll booth, him and his, his thong. thong. I wish. Oh, my God. Um, Trailer Park, the musical. Sparks fly, and it doesn't take a genius to see that those sparks will ignite a hot affair behind Jeannie's back. Jeannie is now determined to get out of her trailer in time for her anniversary. She, like, is taking, like, literally a step outside and being like, okay, great. And she makes it basically, like, down the stairs of her little trailer. Three weeks pass. Um, There's one week to go. She's made it to the bottom of the steps. And she's delighted by the progress. And she tells Norbert, and Norbert's like, Norbert's like, oh my gosh, that's great. But he has unexpectedly developed feelings for Pippi. Mm, shocker. And, shocker. And he and Jeannie both contemplate where they've been and where they're headed. Jeannie is fueled by optimism. Norbert is consumed by guilt. It turns out Pippi has stirred up trouble elsewhere back in Oklahoma City, which is where she's from originally. She had done a, a moonlight flit, middle of the night, no phone, no forwarding address style from her magic marker sniffing ex-boyfriend Duke. So she disappeared into the night from Duke, her ex-boyfriend, who literally huffs magic markers. He's like, he'll like take the cap off and he's like. <sighs> it's very funny. But also, you know, I went to Target, you know, I went to Target the other day. I say the other day, last semester when I was doing a phone. They, get, they made me give me, wait a minute, they made me give them my ID so I could buy rubber cement. And it's because of that man right there that you just explained. Yeah, Duke, that's your fault. That's all your fault. Yeah, I'm getting high, but that's my right. Yeah, it's my right as an American. Um, <laughs> you sell it at Target, it's my right. Duke is hot on the prowl to find her, so he visits Pippi's friend. Uh, a woman named Tina, who is played by the same woman who plays Pickles, uh, he goes to visit Pippi's friend, who works at a stand in the mall called Stand By Your Flan. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's a flan stand. You can buy your flan. There's a very funny, like, back and forth where he's like, what is flan? And she's like, I don't know. He's like, is it jello? Is it cream? What is it? It's very funny. I really highly recommend this slime tutorial. It's a really good time. Tina is a stupid person, just like Pickles is, and she's confused and unable to calm Duke with a cup of custard, so she lets on that Pippi is in Stark with a new boyfriend. Duke waves a gun maniacally, and he's off to find his woman. 
Back in Armadillo Acres, Jeannie ventures out further, this time covering just enough ground to catch Norbert and Pippi having sex behind Pippi's trailer. She's shattered, she runs back inside and passes out. Her oxygen-deprived brain assimilates the awful truth in a nightmare a la Jerry Springer meets reality. And it's called The Great American TV Show, and it's so funny. And It is very funny. It my, Honestly, one of my favorite moments of the whole show is in this song where Pippi is, like, singing, and she's like, I'm just a woman, and, like, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And then one of the, like, trio goes, you are a whore. <laughs> And every time I hear it, I just, it cracks me up. And I don't know why it's so funny to me, but it's great. So there's a whole. That's something you'd say to me. Yeah. Like you are a whore. So she has this like dream sequence. It's very Jerry Springer. It's very funny. She wakes up and now all she has to show for getting out of her trailer is a broken heart. Her marriage, her hopes, her dreams are all gone. She's like, I should have stayed in. Should have stayed inside. That was fine. Adding into all of these things that are happening, this, this emotional storm, there's now a physical storm that is coming to Florida because it's hurricane season. Jeannie kicks Norbert out, insisting that she'd rather weather an imminent thunderstorm alone. He heads off to a local motel, filled with regret about the mess that he's made. Duke is on the road. He's got a gun poised. Marker sniffed. He's ready to go. He... Marker sniffed. He's ready to go. He also um, hits everything in his path. Um, And this is the song, uh, Just a Little Roadkill. Um, And it's very fun. Um, He arrives in Stark, and he heads straight for the Litterbox Show Palace. And he gets um, some information from Pippi, about Pippi's local address from the other local strippers, um, who are named Amber, Amber, and Amber. Those three characters are all played by our trio. He just... He says that he just misses, or no, he just misses Pippi and Norbert, who are now at odds about the status of their relationship, as well as Norbert's occupation with Jeannie being alone in the trailer with the power knocked out. Jeannie is reluctantly missing Norbert, but she's holding her ground as she packs the remainder of his belongings by candlelight. On their way back to, or on their way out of the electricity challenge trailer park, the girls take a much-needed break from their narrating responsibilities to wax lustfully about men. And that this song is, um, You Know I Love My Man, and we find out in this song that because the power went out in the town, the jail was finally able to electrocute Len's husband, and Pickles is like, oh, I bet you're so sad, you're only one, like he's dead. And she goes, my only one? <laughs> you dumb, dumb child. And then we find out that pretty much everyone's sleeping around. We also find out in that song that Betty murdered her husband and buried him in the backyard, which is yep. great. We love it. We love it. Um, so um, they, after they sing that song, they head off to the motel. Duke arrives at Armadillo Acres, and Jeannie is the only one left. He holds her at gunpoint, and she doesn't have any valuable information about Pippi. He takes a shine to her. He yanks her out of her trailer so they can enjoy cocktails and scheming, but she sprays him in the eyes with her aerosol can. He's rejected and enraged. He storms off to Costco to buy cooking spray in bulk. And Jeannie is panic-stricken and left locked out of her trailer. So when he, like, yanks her out, she gets locked out of her trailer, and as an agoraphobic person, 
she's like not doing well she's really struggling and she's like freaking out like clutching like the door and just like trying to calm herself Pippi finds out that Duke is in Stark she runs home to pack and she finds Jeannie stuck outside of her trailer and by the time Norbert and the girls show up um Pippi and Jeannie are like ready to fight and then they are interrupted um by Duke's return and the synopsis that I found this is where the synopsis ends but I'll tell you how the show ends um so in the in the next like 15 minutes of the show Pickles gives birth turns out she was pregnant all along um we (laughs) yeah we learn that Duke is Jeannie and Norbert's missing son um and we learn that because he's like He's like, I could be good for you, Pippi. And she's like, I'm, I'm sick of having to take care of you. I'm sick of having to sing you to sleep. And he goes, well, you know, I, <laughs> he's like, you know that I can only sleep if someone sings me the lullaby my mama used to sing for me. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for his soul to sleep. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that sounds like genuinely like what I would happen if I was a mother yes absolutely and Jeannie like <laughs> finishes it he was in a bond Devil went down. it's very funny so we learn you know Duke is their missing son family's been reunited we get a big-hearted finale just in time for Jeannie and Norbert's anniversary everyone is invigorated and inspired and they resolve to make like a nail and press on and that's the show Okay. Yeah. So this is definitely a show that I think needs to be seen and not just like it's really hard to get the plot from the songs, not unlike Sunday in the George or any other Sondheim show. Yes. This is very close to Sondheim musical. Yes. Um <laughs> Um in more ways than one. No, but um these are like I said earlier, like these are my favorite kind of shows. But if you don't know the jokes that are happening throughout or you can't see the visuals, it's really hard to stay hooked. It's yeah. I think with this show specifically. Mm-hmm. I think same thing for Batboy. Like, yeah, I can I I think when I when I got Batboy in my ears, I was in a place in my life where I had to create my own visuals for the show itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I never listened to the show in its entirety until I was older. Mm-hmm. So I would like, I would like skip certain songs. I'd listen to it here and there, but like I, when I do listen to it, I listen from beginning to end. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. No, maybe so. Yes. Um, this is, this is a show that I have the same feelings about. I think it's, I would listen to big numbers from it, but I wouldn't listen to it. It's an its entirety unless I had already seen the show. And then like show uh, numbers like, the great American TV show mm-hmm. when it happened, when I was listening to it, I was like, what is what? Like I had no idea what, what was happening. So it was confusing to listen for the first time. I, I had never, I had never listened to this show for people listening. I never listened to the show until we were doing research. Um, and Caitlin loves this show and she's been telling me to listen to the show for a long time. Yeah. And so finally I listened to it and it's a show that I know that I'm right for because I'm <laughs> Southern. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, but it is, it is truly a, a world that I live in. And uh, mm-hmm. so I was, it's definitely one that I want to um, want to see and get to know better, but it's not one that I think if you don't see the visuals that you could actually like say, Oh yeah, this is my favorite musical to listen to. 
Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. I also think that, like, I had listened to it, and I kind of, I knew, like, the basic plot, but there is so much that happens in these, like, 90 minutes. It is truly jam-packed. It's, like, the same amount of stuff happens in this as happens in On the 20th Century, but it's, like, 90 (laughs) minutes. But less time. It's 90 (laughs) minutes instead of, like, three hours. Um... (laughs) It's, there's a lot that happens, and I, when I listen to it, because I've listened to the full thing, you know, a couple of times before, but I know I gravitate towards the song sung by the trio. I don't really care about Jeannie, yeah. Norbert, or Pippi. Truly, I'm kind of like, meh, whatever. Oh, see, I love Pippi, obviously, for obvious oh, reasons, though. For obvious reasons, yeah. No, Pippi's, like, fine. The buck stopped he's the buck stops here is good, but like there's a song that Pippi yeah. and Jeannie sing called He Is Mine, and I'm like, eh, whatever. He's like a fucking Oh. He's, you know, just like a regular dude. Um, but my big thing about this show, because I was looking I watched the full thing, but I also watched clips from different productions. I, as like a southern person and as someone who knows people like these characters, I feel very strongly that there are groups of people that I don't want doing this show because for them these are all just like caricature people and yes they're written as caricatures but like it needs to come from a place of there's a level of yeah some like understanding of like who these people are yeah respect for them because yes they're caricatures but they're still people and finding we're not making fun we're not we're not pointing and laughing we're laughing with Exactly. Because they, the characters all, like, own the fact that they live in the trailer park. And even in the opening number, the song is called This Side of the Tracks. They don't say, oh, we live on the bad side of the tracks, or the wrong side of the tracks. This side of the tracks. Such a great opening number. It's so good. Rendezvous? Rendezvous. That's French for fucking. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, they own the fact that they live in the trailer park, and it doesn't, it's not something that they're ashamed of, and I watched clips from a production out west. I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to, you know, call anyone out. Um, I think I can guess. Probably. But it, uh, there's a production that was done out west that I felt very, like, weird about because, one, their accents were not what they should have been. Like, no tea, no shade, but all tea and all shade. If you're going to do this show, your accents better be good. People don't do southern accents well. No. Even, um... I I don't know. Well, remember when I was when your mom came to town, um, and we she watched that movie with um Kristen Stewart. No, Kristen Wig, and I can't think of his names right now. Oh wait, Kristen Wig. Yes, and what's his face? I cannot remember the movie, but I do know what you're talking about. But it's about it's a real it's a true story that happened in North Carolina. So they were playing. People it's, that literally lived in Caitlin and I's backyard. Yeah. What's that movie called? Isn't it? Uh, it's with Zach Galifianakis, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They like rob anyway. a bank. <laughs> yeah. Matter, Kate McKinnon's in it and she's hilarious. But, um, but yeah, they rob a bank and it's a real story. But Zach Galifianakis is from North Carolina. He literally lived in Mount Airy at one point. And like mm-hmm. he went to a neighboring school of ours and we don't know him, but I'm just saying he's from this area. Yeah. and he he and the cast like their accents were so false and i they were doing it to make fun of the south not to like embody the south and 
you can still be funny, not make fun of, while giving truth to, and I just think that so many people butcher Southern accents. Yeah. Because they've heard one person, and then they think, and they think that that's the way to do it. And I think that's probably what British people think as well, and whatever, but But it it really bothers me. There's a definite stigma about being Southern in America. Like, it's just automatically assumed that if you have a Southern accent, that you're stupid, that you're racist, Mm -hmm. that you're uneducated, you know, and that you're, like, poor. Like, that's the assumption. And it's not true. It That idea completely just disregards all of the people of color that live in the South. (laughs) Like, yeah, like there are. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely wild to me. So I feel like super strongly, like very, very strongly that this show should probably only be done by people who are from the Southeast. I just. Well, I I hear that. I also think though that it should be done with, because I think people in the Southeast can still butcher and make fun of. Um, Like, I mean, think about Duke University doing this show. Yeah, yeah. You it's, know, it's and a matter I mean, of- no shade to Duke. I'm just, it's more of just like, an, I'm, think, I'm more thinking of an elitist mindset doing a show like this. Yes, um, that's, that's more and what I was going for, I, I think. Yeah, and I, I think that you should treat, a, this is, this is what I, I, I have, um, I will keep continuing to say this because it's just one of my favorite quotes that I've ever found. Um, when we talked about, I almost said Wolfgang, not at all what I'm talking about, but um, Groundhog Day. Why did Wolfgang come into my head? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, when we talked about Groundhog Day, that quote, a musical like this is, you, like- you would think is something that would make people allergic to musicals. Mm-hmm. In, you know, in not so many words. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love that quote because I'm like, yes, that's what it is. It's an, it's an allergy rather than like a hatred. It's an allergy. And I think that you have to treat music like this with an epic in your pocket. Like if you are someone who doesn't like musicals and you get cast in a show like this, you have to bring your EpiPen with you and you have to jump into it with serious eyes so you don't get an allergic reaction because the minute you get an allergic reaction, everyone sees it and then we're tuned out and it's yeah. not treated with respect. Like it's pointing and laughing. Yeah, so I, I just think that you, even though it's a goofy show, sorry, I know this is a tangent, oh, no. but like, even though this is a goofy show and it is like there is a lot of fun in it, you have to treat it with respect and you have to treat it as if it's a serious, dramatic production. And it's it's the same. Like it's just it's literally as an yeah. actor, it's the same thing. Yeah, like and I hate that people think about it as like, well, it's easier because it's a comedic musical. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like looking at this show as an actor, you should come into this show. Like, and I truly think any show, like regardless of what the content yes. of that show is, you should come at it as if you're coming at, like, fucking Hamlet. Yeah, agreed. Like, agreed. Like, if I understand, and I am not trying to place more weight on this show than it's deserved, like, it's a very silly yeah. show. It's a, this, this is a general yeah conversation. But, but as, as an actor, like, when I go in, when I did Mamma Mia, I... I did my text work, you know, I went in and I, I did the work that I needed to do to understand the world that I'm in, my character's place in the world. And 
you know, all of the stuff that affects them. And, yeah. And, like, you just, well, you have to understand, also, you know? You have to. Well, and it's also, I think I really like that you, that you said it like that because it made me think it's more about style than about, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's more about style and less about taste when it comes to shows like this. Because as an, as an actor going in, yeah. if it is not your taste to, and you don't enjoy shows like this, like if you just are not, if you are more of a salty person, <laughs> if you're more, <laughs> I didn't, I, if you're a salty ass bitch and you don't like shows like this, makes sense. No, no, no. <laughs> if you enjoy the taste of more salty flavors and not sweet flavors, and this is a sweet show, you're not going to it, and that's fine. No one, no one is knocking you for your taste. I love salty stuff. I don't love sweet as much. Doesn't make me a bad person for not liking cake as much as I like pretzels, you know. Exactly. But if you put them together, oh, I'm so smart. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you ready? Lay, lay it on me. Lay it on me. You get the best snack ever because then you get chocolate covered pretzels. Chocolate covered strawberries, mm. chocolate covered almonds. I mean, listen to me. I love chocolate. Okay. But yes. anything, yogurt covered pretzel, you know, and yeah. how is that not the best combination ever? So yeah. you have to give, you give every single show that you ever do the weight as if it was a salty, tasty treat, even though it's a sugary covered powdered donut, you know? Absolutely. You have to. Yeah. Because then it comes down to, and it, sorry, I, I started to say this and then I got on the tangent about salty and sweet. No, it's okay. You have to treat this as a style rather than, oh, you're getting, your taste is getting in the way. Just yes. as, as if you're working on an era piece, like Hamlet, Shakespeare, it, there's a style to it that you have to embody. You can't come in doing Trailer Park the Musical and do Hamlet. You can't do Hamlet and do the Trailer Park Musical. Yeah. But you have to be an intelligent actor know the style, know the world that you're living in, like you just said, and then just do the fucking work. And maybe it's not going to take you a year to do the work because it is not Hamlet. Yeah. It's more to it than, um, but anyway, treat it as if it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. <sighs> it drives agree. me crazy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very frustrating being from, and like, I am not out here trying to say like, woe is me, I'm from the South, blah, blah, blah. But it is incredibly frustrating to be from an area of the country where people just, one, I had my accent, like, basically worked out of me as a child because my parents didn't want people to think that I was stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, you know. I'm, and Well, not in, not my parents, but um, my classmates in college. Yeah. I mean, they made fun of me constantly because of my accent. Yeah, and like. It's awful. It's. It's awful. And it's awful feeling some like sense of shame about where you're from because of that. And like, I'm also not out here trying to say that the South is a perfect place. The South is not a perfect place. And there is a. It's absolutely not. There is a long. Well, there stereotypes. Stereotypes come from truth. Absolutely. Stereotypes are written in truth. Absolutely. It just doesn't mean that every single person is that stereotype. Absolutely. There is a long and continuing history of bad shit happening in the south that i could get into but this is a musical theater podcast like we're not here to talk like politics but you know the south i also do want to say that like you know here we are complaining about 
it's so hard to be in person uh, and being treated as if we are the South. We also don't have it as bad as other people. I just want to put that yes. out there. Oh, <laughs> like yes. we understand that. And yes, yes, yes. we're not over here saying that we have it harder than anybody else. Cause that's just not true. No. This is just more of our experience southern people and I think in the acting world too yeah just like what what the implication is and the like and I think other people feel this in a in different ways they require you to come in to an audition and be middle of the road which is for every single person but as a southern person southern being southern is a personality trait when it comes to like if you're meeting someone from if you are meeting someone from Minnesota as a Southern person, you are, you are a different personality type. Yeah. You have a little, it's just, it's just, anyway. No, absolutely. And all of this to say, I enjoy this show. I would love to see this show done. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's, it's had a pretty healthy life outside of this off-Broadway run, but I would love to see more places do it. And I, I feel like a lot small regional productions and community theaters yes do it. regional this, theaters and community theaters do this it. is an excellent show for any like producers this is an excellent show for like a black box theater like yeah like a nice small like black box you sell like pbr and bud light at the bar and like hot Love. peanuts as like a snack moon pies like girl like you make this an evening and people are gonna have a great chocolate covered pretzels chocolate covered pretzels yes you make (laughs) this an evening and people are gonna have a great time because this show is a great time this is a show like i i love my mother and i will take her to see shows that she would not i know that she would not be like crazy about because i'm like i got it next to normal next to normal great comet (laughs) you know shows that she'll like yes that's good but I don't get it, but I it don't, was good. I don't get it, but it was good. And that's totally fine. But like, I would take my mom to this show and she would have a mm-hmm. blast. She would have the time no. of her life. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, she would. She would love this show. Your mom would love this show. This show, what was I about to say? Oh, it reminds me, based on our conversation of uh, taste versus style and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want to say a quote that really sums it up is also... Um, never go into a piece of theater judging the show or judging judging the text or judging your characters never do that it's always you always go in with blinders on in that sense and judge it after but like yeah yeah, on the 20th century is not my favorite show in the world but when I was in the show I wasn't judging characters I wasn't doing that I was in the shows in the world I was trusting the show and my director and my cast and then afterwards you can be like Jesus Christ yeah that show is ridiculous but you just have to yeah you can't judge yeah it's not your job to judge the material that you're doing when you're doing it judge it before or after you know but when you're in it you should try to like be as unbiased as you can Mm-hmm. Another thing that I wanted to bring up, um, we talk a lot. And another thing. And another thing. Um, but <laughs> we, we talk a lot about female representation on this podcast. And this show, let me tell you, this cast is seven people. Five of those people are women. Five of mm-hmm. those people are women. We have old women. We have young women. We have all different kinds. And it's great. Yeah. It's great. And mm-hmm. there, it does not matter body type. 
for no. any of these roles. No. It doesn't. There's nothing about, you could cast this show however you want. Race doesn't matter. No. It, it is a, you don't, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I also love that the women play men rather than having an ensemble of men yes. to come in and play, diff- and play different parts. Like, no, it's like, why yeah. not? They yeah. make they make men play women sometimes, so absolutely why and not? I, I, also I love think, it. Yeah, I also think that that's really reflective of at least in my my experience of being Southern because like my family is pretty matriarchal. Like the women in my family run shit. They plan Christmas. Yeah, they same. plan cookouts. Like they plan things and things. Ha- the tides rise and fall with the women in my family. And it's, this show, I think, does a great job of representing the fact that, like, these women run this trailer park. And Norbert is... Well, I also think it's a... Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it's also a, um, that's also a really great comment on the great comment, the great comment on the South, because, because I think Southern women are made to be matriarchs. Like, Southern, someone women get shit done like yeah yeah, there's those you know debutante women I'm not talking about them no I'm talking about these kind of trailer park women how you and I grew up who is not we are we are not from a trailer park but like we grew up very uh very nicely middle class um in the south but I mean um I mean I I lived in a trailer for the first like 10 years of my life so for the first 10 years yeah like like 10 years maybe like that's that's like fair. I, I met you. Yeah. I, I met you. I met you when you were probably a little older than 10. Yeah. But I was like, but, I don't remember you living in a trailer. Yeah, what? But like, you know, my like, yes, I, I'm very lucky that like my mother works very, very hard and makes the money she makes. She mm-hmm. works like four jobs. But you know, she she makes enough money to where we live in or we she lives in like a nice house. Mm-hmm. She has a nice car, but like her, and I'm not renovated that kitchen, renovated that kitchen. Like she lives her life, but like the rest of her family yeah. and my mother, my mother grew up dirt poor. Yeah. Not to go off on a tangent, but yeah, I you know, think that I know I was trying to get back to like what I was trying to, what sorry. I was thinking. I can't remember at all why I brought it up. No, no, no. That's not you. I, I feel like I've been going on tangents and been no. like, da, 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 da. what's the point? What am I saying? Yeah. No, but um, like. The the South is, is very like, at least oh. our experience, it's very matriarchal, and women women that's, run the show. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's it's great. And that's that. And that's that. Yeah. Um, I am hopeful that this show gets a couple updates. Also, although also there is a Great American Trailer Park Christmas musical as well. So if you're interested, there is a Christmas show. Um, Another show that, even though they are so different, another show that lives in the same world as this show to me is Marvelous Wonderettes. I knew that's what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it, 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 theaters that do Marvelous Wonderettes should do this show, and I'm sure that they have. There's a theater they do. Yeah, there's a theater we did theater at in like high school that do lots of really cool, like very small but also very big shows and they do these kind of different shows and it's great especially to kind of introduce your community to different kinds of theater and I think it's awesome I've been thinking this whole time we were talking about like Hamlet and stuff and I was like I would love to see Hamlet take place in a trailer park hell yeah like it easily could it easily could 
so one of my favorite know. things about Shakespeare. Yeah. One of my favorite things about Shakespeare is you can literally put it anywhere. Absolutely. I don't really have too much more to say about. I mean, I I do really like this show. It's a pretty fluffy show, though. Yeah. So there's not like a time. It's to, like, fun. It's so fun. I can't wait to do it. I want to play pickles so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so You'd be bad. such a good pickles. This show was really challenging to cast because I feel like anyone could play anything in this show. Yes. It took, so it took it was me- hard for me to be like, well, this person would be good for this. This person would be good. It's like, who do I just yeah. want to see in the show is kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah. I had to start with like the like it I just it was like I have to pick someone for like this character. So I if you look at my like list that I have written down, there are question marks besides Pretty much every beside pretty much everyone's name except for yeah. one person. Yeah, there's only one. Person I have. I'm like, I have, I have one person where I'm like, no matter what, this is who I want in this role. Yeah, me too. As well, so, it's one. Of, yeah, the I'll one wait. I'll was, wait on it. I'm not going to give anything away. The one that was most difficult for me to cast was Pippi because it is Orfe. It is Orfe. That one wasn't hard for me to cast. It is. It is Orfe, and I was like, I, there's just something about there's some. What is it about her? <laughs> Oh, uh, like, hint, oh. Who did I cast as Pippi? What is it about her? Briner's Jane. Jane. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. Okay, so do we want to start with the trio? Yeah, let's start with the trio. Okay. So Betty. Betty is an older woman. She's the leasing manager of the trailer park. She's, she does the Great American TV show. She's great. I had no idea who to pick because honestly, who I Really? Want- who I want to pick, like, who my gut says is I need to pick, like, someone from Mount Airy <laughs> for everyone. I'm like, I need to pick Mount Airy people for this. But I didn't because well, that would be too niche for this. You got two sitting right here. <laughs> um, so for Betty, I was like, maybe, maybe Christine Ebersole would be kind of interesting. I get that. Or Stephanie J. Block. Dead. Love. Like, like, yeah, I yeah. except her as Cher. It's like a <laughs> woman doing an impersonation of Cher the whole time. Yes. I think that uh, she would be, she lives in this world very well. She also takes things seriously, though, so she can yeah. do it. I don't like her Cher. Oops, I said it. Well, I She's mean, my favorite actress. You know what? And I don't like Cher. It's okay, though. Okay. I know. I love her. Love her to Wait. the, ta- to the, to the. Owls come home, you know. Stephanie. Really, day lover. Stephanie, if you're listening, we love you. Come, come be on the podcast. I saw you did that Wicked podcast, girl. Where? Come do our Wicked episode. Oh my god, girl! No, uh, come do our nine to five or falsettos <gasps> episode. Yes. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Who did you pick for Betty? Betty Buckley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I'm in. Um. But also a more serious, uh, a more serious one. I, I really put said Betty Buckley because when you said Betty, I was like, Betty Buckley. <laughs> but she could do it. Yeah. Um, that was more of a joke. Carmen Cusack is who I actually put. Okay. Interesting. She's on my Why list. Why is Well, because she's on my list, but she's not. I didn't put her for Betty. I put her for something else. I just didn't think about her as Betty. That's I think I know. I think I know. I think I know who you put her for, and I genuinely erased her from one spot and put her there. Because, mm-hmm. can I guess where, where she is on yours? Yeah. You can take it out if you want. I mean, no. Jeannie? Yeah. Yeah. I erased, so I erased her 
from Jeannie and put her as Betty because mm-hmm. I because she has to transform and do so many different characters. Sure. That's fair. And I think she is really capable of doing that because obviously if I could turn back time to wrap it all together, Stephanie Block, share. Yeah. Share quote. Carmen Cusack did such a great job as what is that? As an Alice. Nicole? Is that the character's name in Bright Star? Yes, Bright Star. Step dance is what I'm trying to think of. Have you seen the TikToks of the Camp Rock? Yes. Camp Rock. Yes, I did. Um, fun fact, when I when I did I Camp Rock the musical, because I have done that show, I tried to convince the director to let us enter the stage doing that. She said no. So so I did it by Camp myself. Rock. I said, this is a character choice. <laughs> and I did it anyway. <laughs> oh, no. But I we love. honestly, that shows terrible. What you should have done is come from, like, the, hey, like, what you should have come from the, the back of the, um, of the audience. House. Yes. Yes. And you step dance all the way down. And it takes an uncomfortable amount of time. And it's only me. <laughs> and the whole show has to stop to wait for you to get on stage because you have a line. Yeah. You start the ensemble number. I, I start the song, so they have to wait for me. Yeah. Oh, they man. have to wait. You are the musical cue. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we love. Oh. Um, okay, so that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Lynn. that's who I have. For Lynn. Lynn. Lynn Oliam. Um, Lynn Oliam. I, um, I had a hard time casting this one. Yeah. I think it got easier for me after I watched the show. So I think I have a better understanding that makes sense. Of, of her role. Yeah. I mean, like, because of. Obviously. Yeah. Well, we've already talked yeah. about. Um, so I, I was like, I think Megan Hilty would do very well. as <gasps> Lynn. Oh, um, yeah. She does live in this show. She definitely lives in this show. Yeah. I would also be, and I don't know that she lives in this show, but. Maybe someone exactly like her who does live in the show. I think Amber Gray would be a super cool Lynn. You cast her in everything. I love, and I love her. It. I love her. She's, She's so, so cool. amazing. She's so cool. And and I think that Amber has that like roughness that I kind of want Lynn to have. Megan doesn't have it, but I think Amber has the roughness that I want. I think she'd be a better Pippi. Maybe. Maybe. I would be open to that. Yeah, I could see her being like the new girl in town. It's like, and she's like, whoa, you're very different from all of us. Yeah. Because you live in Russia. <laughs> you live. And hell. You live in hell. Half the year. As in, yeah, half the year and the other half you're in Russia. Yeah. Um, Rough. Yeah. Same. Lynn same, was, same, Lynn but different. One was difficult for me. I put Ava Noblezada, which I'm not really like trying to be like, and, and, done that's my casting choice but yeah. i put her in this show because i think she would be really lovely in this show yeah. especially because she's from north carolina and um she's also a damn good actress yeah um never really seen her do anything quirky and fun but i have a feeling she's got it in her and yes. i would be really interested i just i just didn't yeah. know what to put for that role so no. i'm like this is where i'll put her no having heard your like explanation i it I'm more receptive to it. When she's, like, a little bit older, I think that this 
would actually be a pretty fun role for her. This would be a fun show for her. How but, old um, is Lynn? Lynn? I think Lynn's supposed to be in her, like, 30s. Like, like she's, like, a, uh, you oh. know. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Well, I no. didn't realize that she it's was okay. in her 30s. It's okay. Uh, I, at least that's what, how old I think she's supposed to be. Like, late 20s, bitch, maybe early I know 30s. it's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and Pickles. Then, then for Pickles, I think that if you can play Dawn and Waitress, you can play Pickles in this show. So, for my aside from myself, because I would love to play Pickles, um, I have, I think, Caitlin, O'Hula, or Caitlin Houlihan. Who was a replacement? Kate O'Hoolahan! Kate O'Hoolahan! Oh, Kate O'Hoolahan! Um, no, Caitlin, Caitlin Houlihan, who was a replacement for Dawn, she was cast in You the... just think... You, no, you just think that because her name is Caitlin. Don't, don't test me. It, That's your alias. Yes, my alias, Caitlin Houlihan. I wish Caitlin Houlihan was my alias. Girl, I'd be in that um, <laughs> girl from North Country. I'd be, like, living my Bob Dylan dreams. Oh. Yeah, but... I think that she would be great. I would also be super interested in seeing Kamiko Glenn as Pickles. I think she would be very cute. I would, I'd be into that too. Yeah. I love Kamiko Glenn. I do too. She's so good and as Dawn. Yeah. She's so good. And I'm like, where, where else can we put her on Broadway? Because I think she's got such a like interesting tone to her voice that we don't mm-hmm. hear super often. And I like it a lot. You know who I don't like is Dawn? Miranda Sings. Absolutely. I, this is a Miranda I see Sings why they cast her. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> I don't love her as Dawn. I have I don't have beef with Colin. I love but, that she got a Broadway No. No yeah. beef, no beef. But I did I do love that she Broadway debut. She absolutely deserves it. She yeah. should be she should have had a Broadway debut already. But I yeah. Yeah. I was I also, not into it. I also didn't love Todrick Call as Ogie, uh, personally. Not my cup of tea. He he was fun, but yeah. I think, I don't know, I think he's too suave, but this isn't about Waitress. I I love Todrick Call as a performer, mm-hmm. not as a actor performer, if that makes sense. No, that's... Like, I, I would watch a cool concert of, uh, of Todrick doing yeah. musical numbers. Yeah. Musical theater numbers, for sure. But... No, I, I don't love when I every time I've seen him on stage, I'm like, eh, you're okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get to see him as Lola in um No. no. I didn't get to see that. I I have a feeling that, that was probably fierce as hell, but I also oh. don't know because yeah. Billy Porter also <laughs> led the Billy, fray on that one. Um Billy Porter, but also Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. So good. He's so good. So um good. who did you pick? Pickles up? from me, young Betsy Wolf. Yeah. Absolutely. I think she would kill this role. Yeah. She'd be so cute. She would be so You know who else I want to put in this show, but I don't know where to put her? Who? Dogfight. Dogfight? Oh, um, uh, Mendez. Lindsay Mendez. <laughs> yes, Lindsay Mendez. Thank you. My brain went what Leslie Odom in Jr. The world? And I was like, no. Mama. I, I think that Lindsay Mendez would maybe play linoleum. <laughs> That's what I would cast her as. But I also had a thought. For Betty, Sherry Renee Scott. Yeah. 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 Like, like a bad bitch who has murdered her husband and runs a trailer park. Absolutely Sherry Renee Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love. Into it. Yeah. For Norbert. Into it, into it, into it. This is the person I, I only had one person. I don't want to see anybody else do it. I think I might know who it is, but um, 
Do, you do can you guess to... if you want. Is it Danny Burstein? Oh, no. Oh. That's good, though. Who did you That's pick? That's good. I'll give you... I'll give you in one more guess. Oh God. Um. I feel like you. I feel like you're gonna kick yourself for not guessing it. Oh, I'm definitely going to. Um, Nathan Lane. <laughs> no. Who? Mark Kudish. Bitch. My, is that who you put too? My Norbert is Diddy Burstein. Maybe Mark Kudish. <laughs> yeah. See. Yeah. It's Mark Kudish. Yeah, but I, I, I it's felt Mark like that Kudish was, for me. I felt like that was like out of pocket. I was like, there's no way she also put Mark Kudish because I was just like, maybe Mark Kudish could be interesting. It's the only person I'm interested in playing this part. It's the only person. He would be interesting. This is a different role than he normally plays. Because Norbert is like very meek and he's kind of just like in shock the whole time that two women want to like be with him. Um, but. I think that would be so fun to watch him do. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. But no, Mark Kudish. I would it would. Really like it him. would. I'm trying to think of. I had a role in my head that I was like, it'd be like this. But I actually don't think. I think I'm just singing. It's always a woman in my head. Oh, Mr. Hart. It, oh, it's, wait, a woman. Yeah. But it's. But I'm. It's not that role though. That's. That's what I'm saying. It's. Yeah. It's. What I'm trying to think of. But anyway, I. I think him playing mr hart though mm-hmm. it could be like hart's origin story even you know i just think it i think i think that he it, if you can play mr hart i think you can play this part you just yeah. have to be able to tap into a little bit more vulnerability than yeah. than um yeah, mr yeah. hart and i i think mark kudish could do it i agree i like mark I kudish mean, for this him and thoroughly modern millie could yeah. i mean is kind of yeah you know I think with Norbert, it, there's, like, less authority because he's just a toll collector and, you know, he doesn't have much control over his life. But, like, there's definitely a softness about um, his character in Thoroughly Modern Millie that he could bring into this. Mm-hmm. And him during the whole, like, dream sequence in 9 to 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it because I'm a hypocritical? Well, I'm a hypocritical bigot. Statistical. Yeah. Yes. Bingo. I'm for you to fry. Oh man, uh, I can't wait for us to do our nine to five episode whenever that happens. Can't Girl, wait. Girl, love that show. Me too. Girl. People need to do. I'm waiting for a season. I want a theater out there to do this show that we're talking about and nine to five in the same season. Call me. There you go. Call me. I'm ready. Call me. Meet me if you're gonna reach me. Yeah. Um, and maybe throw in a little Shakespeare just for culture. Um. For Jeannie, I put Carmen Cusack. Who did you pick? Um, I put Jesse Mueller. I put Jenna. Yeah. I put Jenna on my thing. As I went to say it, I was like, that's not her name, family. <laughs> Jesse Mueller yeah. is who I, I put. I would be into that. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I like that. I think her and Carmen Cusack are, are kind of interchangeable. Again, I had a hard time casting this show it's just very difficult i did too it's so hard for pippy our stripper or Faye. do who'd you i had it i this is the one the this and norbert were the two that i was like no question i know my answer huge pick bonnie milligan yeah i didn't i i'm surprised i didn't think about her for this but i was honestly so like or who who can play Orfe? I did not think of Bonnie Milligan, but I think that's great. She would yep. kill it. She would, her make like a nail and press on, wailing. 
wailing to the gods. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love that. I put Leslie Margarita. It would be, it would Wait. be. Leslie, Leslie Kritzer is who I don't like. I do like Leslie Margarita. Leslie okay. Kritzer is the woman who right? pickles yes. originally. Leslie Margarita no, is the but woman. I, yes. The, the two people I get mixed up all the time. Leslie yes. Kritzer is Beetlejuice. Leslie yeah. Margarita is Matilda. Um, Matilda. Yes. I think that Leslie so, Margarita yes. has a, a similar energy as Orfe, but she's more of like an actor than I would say Orfe is. No mm-hmm. Tino Shade to Orfe, girl. We love you. We love you. Um, I don't know if she could sing it though. She could sing it. It would be. I different. saw her. I saw. I didn't see her. Sorry. I I listened. Watched a video of her in Dames at. Yeah. And one, I think she was too young for the role that yeah. they gave her. Yeah. But two, I just like. I don't know. I I was not. I, I I don't know. I wasn't into vocally. I wasn't into it. But I also loved her doing that. You gotta be loud from Matilda. I loved that. Yeah. So that's definitely. More, I don't know. That is definitely more who you're of thinking like energy than I'm thinking of. But I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. Also, I I could see. I think she's also done um, Don Quixote, like as Aldonza. Oh. Why I feel that way? As in Man of La Mancha. Yeah. Yeah. Based on Don Quixote. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, but I, I think that she would be... I could see her doing Aldonza. Yeah. I think that I... I was spawned in a ditch. Oh, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I get it. Yeah, it's good. Her. And then the last character um, is also the, the smallest character, Duke. The just a little roadkill guy. There's a... This is the one. Oh, I don't have... This is the I one. I don't have anyone for Duke. Oh, well, that's okay because I have the perfect person. This is the one that I was like, this is it. Andy Carl. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is Andy Carl's I'll take it. role. I decided yesterday, I was like, I'm going to try to put Andy Carl into every single show I cast from now on. Every single one. Hey, this is an Andy Carl podcast. <laughs> wait, welcome to. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to think of like a funny podcast name about. Just like Andy I Carl knew that's what you were doing. <laughs> Welcome to Carl's Cuties, where we talk Andy Carl 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, yeah, that's good. Thank you. It took me a second. Or we could call him, we could do like, no, never mind. My brain's not there today. Yeah. You know what? I can't do it. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a bicep curl and like it was not in a place. Andy curl. Andy curls. Andy does curl. Um, Andy, we know you're listening. And it's us curling our hair. It's us curling our hair and talking about Carl. Yes. I love. Okay. Yes. 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 Andy, we know you're listening. Um, We also want you to know that if you need people to campaign for you to win your next Tony, your first Tony. Your next Tony Nom. We're we're the ones. Call us. We're we here. will we will camp. We are the ones who love you. We are the, we ones, are the ones who, who care. Oh man. Um yeah, so Andy Carl for Duke. I think he'd be great. Love it. Um and that's it. This show is so silly, but I really, really like it. I highly, highly recommend taking like two hours of your day to watch this slime tutorial. It's very fun. Yeah. And if you don't have two hours, take an hour and just listen to the music because yeah. it's, it's going to get you 
Where did he go? What's your favorite song from this show? Anything that Orfei does. Fair. The the buck stops here is really fun. It's not like my it's not my favorite song in the show because it, it it I don't think it has the same power. But make like a nail and press on is a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, also, the opening is great. I really is, like the opening. The opening does such a good job of doing what musicals should do in their opening number. We are introduced to the characters. That's, I was thinking that yes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're immediately, like, dropped in. And I also love, not to get, like, back into it, but I also love that they talk to the audience the entire time. Like, it is immediately established from the very first moment of the show that these three women, your trio, are going to be talking to you the whole time. It's so funny. In the So it is like Shakespeare. It is like Shakespeare. You've got your chorus. So it is Hamlet. It. This is Hamlet. <laughs> no, but like in the slime tutorial, it's so funny. About like ten minutes into the show, after the like opening number is already done, people who are sitting like front row center get there late, and the women are like, "Oh, the the women are making a joke, like, oh, you know, not people people here probably aren't from a trailer park." But these people showing up late are clearly from a trailer park. Hello, thank you for joining us. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, hey, like, hey, we're also from Florida. And they're like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then someone like looks to the audience and is like, we have to be patient. We have to understand. It takes a long time to find parking for a trailer in New York City. Like, it's very funny. Rough. Very funny. We um, love. It's very good. Highly recommend this slime tutorial. It's so fun. But that's, that's that on that. That's this episode. What are we even doing next? I don't remember. Oh, now I remember. Yep. Rough. We, <laughs> we keep doing this to ourselves where we talk like pure fluff one week and the next week it's like very serious. So next week we're taking yeah. another broad departure um, to World War II Germany where we're going to be talking about cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, we also have a very special guest, um, which I'm very excited about. Uh, you, uh, we'll get into it next week, of course, or in two weeks, excuse me. Um, (laughs) Kat and I will get into it next week. You'll get into it in two weeks. Um, she, um, is a TikTok sensation. Uh, she's very funny. She is a wonderful person. Emily Ramirez, a good friend of mine. I'm very excited for her to come on. So yeah, get ready for that. And you'll get to hear me um, recite my college paper that I wrote about Cabaret being a perfect musical. So can't wait for that. Very excited. Thanks for coming. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) (laughs) This, that was, fuck, that was amazing. Um, Um. this has been stuck in my head all day. You got 24 hours of love. You know. Yes. Well, I was thinking, I was like, any woman who plays either Mona or that character are going to live in this show. Probably. Yeah, well, probably head, this whole show gives me that, get, all of that entire show gives me the vibes of that one musical number from the show. Yes. 100%. Um, 24 hours of love. Yep, so uh, y'all come back now, you hear?
Yeah, I'll come back in now. You hear me? Yeah. Down, 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 down. All right. All right. We'll see y'all later. All right. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm in a weird mood today. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Podcast Won't Run a Week. Your support means the world to us. If you liked what you just heard, please follow, rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us to get this show out to other people who might like it. You can also follow us on at this pod won't run a week on Instagram and TikTok and at this pod won't run on Twitter. See you next time. Push me round now I'm drawing the line. He lived his life now I'm gonna go, go, go live mine. mine. I'm sick of wasting my time. When she goes, well now I've been good. It's so southern. I love it. Yeah, we love the chicks. Um. <laughs>